Fanning. Weekends on 2FM. Brian, how are you? <laughs> you can't open the bottle of water. water. That's pretty it sad. Open for me. I'm glad. How are you? you know, just bang it with something as, as I say things. Um, yeah, Brian Redden is here. We're talking TV over Christmas. Let's go straight into it. Um, how Ireland rocked the 70s. That's because it's one of yours, right? On Tuesday the 28th. That's next Tuesday week at half past six. Is that correct? Next Tuesday week on the 28th. That's right. At 6.30. Yeah, you asked me to chat about what to watch over Christmas. Well, there really is only a couple of things worth watching. And one of them is probably one of the finest documentaries you're going to see this year. Yeah, right. Now, now, obviously, full disclosure, I made it. Also, full disclosure, you're in it. Right. Uh, but it is a brilliant documentary. And it's on RT1 <laughs> at 6.30 on Tuesday, even if I say so myself. And what it is, it's about. It's called How Ireland Rocked the 70s. And it's about how the emergence of bands like Thin Lizzy and the Horse Lips and U2 and the Boomtown Rats and, of course, the great Rory Gallagher, who was already around at the time but was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's about how artists like that uh, changed the face of rock music in Ireland and also how the rise of the festival circuit from a very early oh. festival in 1970 in Richmond Park uh, with Mungo Jerry right through to a festival in 1977 in Daly Mount Park with Thin Lizzy and the Boomtown Rats on to well before that there was McCroom and Cork and Listum Varna so it's looking at how all these different festivals kind of changed the face of the way people enjoyed music, the way people experienced music, the way bands played music. It was a real coming together of artists, a real coming together of souls. And the 70s, even though it was a time of recession and a time of emigration, it was actually a time of hope as well. Because like emigration actually, even though it was big in the 70s, had stalled in the 70s. It wasn't as big as it was in the, in the 60s. And certainly yeah. we all know the 80s went to absolute crap afterwards. You know, there was a complete recession in the 80s. So the 70s were kind of a blip. There was kind of a moment where things were going reasonably well for people. And there was a sense of Ireland, you know, taking its first tentative steps on the world stage in terms of music and in terms of rock music. And this documentary documents all of that and documents the bands. Wow, you sure you're not running festivals. away with yourself there, Brian? No. It does, it documents, and it has a great line of people in it. So, so it kind of starts in 1970 at a festival, I bet you've never heard of it, in Richmond Park with Mungo uh, Jerry. Vaguely, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, they were singing In the Summertime, were they? In the yeah. Summertime was a big hit for Mungo Jerry, and he's in the documentary, by Jerry the way. Jerry Dorsey. Jay, Jay no, Dor no, no, Ray, Ray Dorsey, Dorsey, Ray Dorsey, Ray yeah. Dorsey, Mungo Jerry. Mm. He's in the dock actually. So they had a big hit in 1970 in the summertime, and they were brought over to Ireland to do the first open air festival ever in Ireland. Took place in Richmond Park, which is the home of St Patrick's Athletic, mm. up in Dublin. And the supporting acts were Thin Lizzy and Granny's Intentions from Limerick, and mm. it died. It didn't do any business at all, largely because people thought it was going to be a massive wild orgy of sex and drugs and rock and roll, and lots of drink, and it wasn't very bad. Maybe they were hoping. Be. Possibly, but the critics mm. didn't really. No, the critics, people, the, the organisers were hoping that's what it was going to be. But the critics were very much against. It, bearing in mind that we were still very, very much entwined with the state and church in the 1970s, and it was we were still quite repressed and conservative, so it didn't work very well. And the next one after that was when Rory rocked out of Mancroom in 1977. So mm. we interviewed uh, Rory's brother Donald Gallagher, and uh, we interviewed Mungo Jerry, and that was the Mountain Dew Festival. The Mountain Dew Festival, so called mm. because Mountain Dew is is a local a name for a local pot chain. Really? So the yeah. local committee actually in order to promote that festival decided they would call it after a local pot chain. Actually there's great stories about the Mountain Dew Festival. This local committee got together and really the, the whole thinking behind it was to try and encourage people to stop in McCroom rather than 
just grabbing an ice cream and yeah. passing through on their way to Kerry. So it really wasn't about rock music. It was about, you know, trying to keep the town alive and yeah, trying to get people that. to spend yeah. a few bob there. Mm. So at one point they invited Idi Amin to come along. Idi Amin, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Idi Amin was persona non grata all over the world. Except in McCroom. Welcome here anytime, Idi. Except in McCroom. Right. Come on over and see Rory, should we have the crack? So Idi Amin got an invite to it. Now, he didn't turn up, oddly enough, but oh. the lad's got a great deal of publicity out of it. Lots of other interesting people turned up, like, you know, Johnny Rotten was there to receive an award for Hot Press. Yeah, Hot Press that's right. magazine was launched there. And Rory was at the, yeah. I mean, I know you're a huge Rory fan, but Rory was at the height of his powers mm. then in 19. 1977, yeah. 1978. So mm. we kind of document all that and we got some great well, footage. I asked Brian Redden to come in here and talk about TV <laughs> over Christmas. So I should I give a mention to his documentary? I might as well just... You have a clip of it. Why don't you play oh, a clip of it and let people know what it's, like, what it's like. Then. Right, next Tuesday week at half six. was very much the first Irish rock legend that we had. The festival in McCroom, we jumped in the car, we had to go and watch him live, and it was an amazing, amazing event. McCroom broke the ice in having the first festival. Dalyman Park, 1977, Thin Lizzy played there. This, in many people's eyes, is the first open-air concert in Dublin. It was a major homecoming. The boys are back in town kind of stuff. She the headlines were made for people, you know. The establishment hated the whole idea of those festivals. There were lawyers fighting for the right for the Boomtown Rats to play in Leopardstown Racecourse, and it was like, we're going to die on this hill just to do a gig in Leopardstown. It was putting a stake in the ground for rock music in Ireland. That was like, we are here and we're not going away. Now, 1970, a lot of people say is when Ireland 60s started. I think in the 1970s, there's an optimism there that certainly wasn't there previously. There was a change happening in the air. There's a sense of youth in a way there wasn't before. There was something happened at Listunbarna that, that still reverberates today. There was madness and there was mayhem and there was magic. I think there was a, a great fusion of music going on, like Irish, Rock. The rise of rock music and the rise of festivals drove along a big change in a generation that quite soon became the generation that was running and working in Ireland. <laughs> okay, so how Ireland rocked the Has 70s. That got oh my God, on Tuesday week at half past six, two days, three days after Christmas. Uh, that's from Brian Redden. He made it, he did the whole thing, he put the whole thing together, played guitar, played the drums. Can we move on to something else? Yep. Do you right, want to hear about another documentary? No, no, I'll, I'll hear about that later. Mother of <laughs> God, he's got another one on. But Tell me about like, some things that are on television. Yeah, so there's a lot of Kettle's great movies on you. over Christmas. So obviously, if you go to the RT Guide, there's a mountain of movies to try to watch. Yeah, because the best about the RT Guide is every single movie you want to see in terms of every single 
station. It's there in about five pages and it yeah. just tells you the times. Yeah, no, it's yeah. pretty good actually. It's very well laid out. So it's a good yeah. thing to look through if you want yeah. to try to highlight what you want to watch. Me, for Christmas time, it's not really about premieres. It's not really about you know trying to see the latest blockbusters because I've seen them all already. It's yeah. a great opportunity yeah. to catch up on movies that I, that you haven't seen in a long Listen, time. There's one that starts off and you, you're watching it for two minutes and you go, oh yeah, I've seen this. And two hours later, you're still there. Exactly, yeah. 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 I think they're the kind of movies that people enjoy over Christmas. Yeah. There's a reason why they're all staples of the Christmas schedule and the Easter schedule and, and, and I, I love them I love them so I think I am um, a couple of ch- a couple of choices coming up soon one that isn't a very old film but I really enjoyed it was Saving Mr Banks is on BBC One on December 21st which is the day after tomorrow did you I say it's a, a very old film not a very old film oh not a very we're, old film we were no, talking about <laughs> no we were talking about old films this is one yeah. that isn't right. uh, but I really enjoyed it I have to say Saving, Saving yeah. Mr Banks so it's the story of uh, of Miss Travers who wrote um, Mary Poppins and she comes to Hollywood because uh, Walt Disney played by Tom Hanks wants to buy the rights to her book to make it into a motion picture and she resists them played by Emma Thompson of course uh, a really good film I just thought it was a real feel yeah, good yeah. movie and Colin Farrell's in made. Colin Farrell's in the flashbacks playing the part of, yeah. of, of her father yeah. so that's a, that's a more recent one but, Here, but I'm, I'm a blast yeah. 20 years ago I made a promise to my daughters that I would make your Mary Poppins fly off the pages of your books a promise man. I know what he's going to do to her. She'll be cavorting and twinkling. She can't play the film unless you grant the rights. Damn. I'm a big fan of musicals. Love musicals. Do you like musicals? Not particularly, no. Do you not? No. Have you seen the new West Side Story? No. No, I haven't seen it yet myself, but I am dying to see it. I don't know what it is, but I just love a good musical. And there's lots of great musicals on over Christmas. There's just something about them that brings you back to the classic era of Hollywood and to a much more innocent time and to guys who were just not only great actors, but singers and dancers. There's something that I'm just, I marvel at people who can do all three. And High Society, I think, is one of the greatest musicals. High Anxiety. It's one of the greatest musicals (laughs) of all time. High Society. High Anxiety is the, is the, (laughs) Mel Brooks parody. This is the Philadelphia story, really. Yeah, so the Philadelphia story, the original film, starred Cary Grant and Jimmy Stewart and uh, Catherine Hepburn. This is the musical remake of it. So essentially, it's the story of a woman from high society, played by the brilliant Grace Kelly. This is the last movie she made before she abandoned cinema and became a a princess for real. And her ex-husband, played by Bing Crosby, she's getting remarried. He's not happy with the guy she's remarrying, so he comes along to try to essentially break up the upcoming wedding. And... uh, a reporter comes along uh, to look to, to report on the wedding and he's played by Frank Sinatra and he also falls in love with her. So you have a love triangle here. You have Grace Kelly in the middle and on either side you have Bing Crosby and Frank Sinatra who were great rivals musically you know, um, back in the day in Hollywood and who were, who were very different styles. Sinatra obviously was younger than Crosby and looked up to him and admired him but still was a rival. And that, that comes across really well I think in the film and a lot of the songs they sing together and the songs okay. they sing to Grace Kelly. I'm so it's a, it's a great movie. Bit of that. Now the first one you said was Saving Mr. Banks and that that's on, on BBC One on, on Tuesday, Tuesday yeah. which is uh, come two days' time. Yeah. Uh, High Society is on TG Carr TG on Carr Thursday. Christmas Eve. On, yeah. on, on Christmas Eve. Oh, on Friday then. Right, OK. On Christmas Eve. Right, OK. There is one thing I want understood right now. No member of my family is to invite Dexter Haven into this house until after I am married and gone. I will not have my wedding spoiled by intruders. I, expect, I expected to go, and Dexter's insane, insane, like the avalanches. Anyway, OK, it's a wonderful life you're obviously going to pick, right? Well, you have 
to. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a great movie. It, it really, really is a fantastic is. movie. Frank Capra's classic film. It's on Channel 4 on Christmas Eve and Christmas wouldn't be the same without It's a Wonderful Life. And even though it's a very dark Christmas very. movie, very, very yeah. dark because, I mean, it starts with a guy trying to kill himself because yeah. his life has fallen apart and he saved, uh, people obviously know the story. It's it's um, Jimmy Stewart and, you know, he's, his life isn't going very well. He decides to kill himself by jumping off a bridge but an angel called Clarence comes down from heaven and stops him and shows him how his life, how his um, his town might have been had he never existed. And he shows how his life made a huge difference and how he was actually yeah. a very positive force in people's lives. But it's a beautiful, beautiful film. But it, it it's dark and very, very dark in many places. It was one of these films, it was made in 1946. And what happened was after the Second World War, kind of Capra, Frank Capra, who directed it, and Jimmy Stewart kind of started making films with a lot of darker themes. They weren't as happy-go-lucky as their previous movies. And this is one of them. But it's still a, a favourite of mine okay. for Christmas. So it is. It's a wonderful life, Channel 4 on Christmas Eve. Channel now, 4. North by Northwest, BBC Two, also Christmas also Eve. Also Christmas Eve, you're spoiled for choice on Christmas Eve. One of my favourite Hitchcock films of all time. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Hitchcock made 1959. Hitchcock got a run in, in between 1958 and 1958 he made Vertigo, then he makes North by Northwest, then Psycho. In a row, those yeah. three movies in a row. Yeah. North by Northwest is a really colourful, anyone who hasn't seen it, it stars Cary Grant who made a lot of films with Hitchcock and he plays an advertising executive who's uh, mistaken for a spy. So it's a yeah. classic mistaken identity. It's the crop duster movie. Yeah, he goes on the run across America. He has no idea why he's being chased. He's been chased by these bad guys and at one point he's arranges to meet a guy in a field where a crop dusting plane basically mm. chases him through this field. Brilliant scene. It ends up with a big climatic scene on uh, the face of, of Mount Rushmore. Of Mount Rushmore, yeah. yeah. And even Marie Saint, who's still alive. She's 96, she? 97 years yeah. of age, yeah. She plays the, the female lead in it. Martin Lando and James Mason are the bad guys. Yeah, okay, right, okay. So Tootsie on RT1 on Christmas Day. I love Tootsie. I think it's a yeah, great movie. It's it great. Is. One of Sidney yeah. Pollack's greatest films. And and Dustin Hoffman is absolutely superb in it. An unusual part Early for him. Jessica Lang. Jessica, and a very, very young Jessica Lang, Gina Davis, and Charles Durning is fantastic as Jessica Lang's father, who who kind of inadvertently falls in love with Tootsie until he realizes that it's Dustin Hoffman in mm. drag. And of course Bill Murray's in it as well. But this was a you know a rare kind of foray into comedy for uh, Dustin Hoffman, a guy who was mostly a dramatic actor. But obviously he plays this part, he plays it for people again who don't know it. He's an out-of-work actor who uh, can't get a job anywhere. There's a job advertised for an actress to play a lead in a soap opera. He dresses up as this woman and gets the part and then has to play the part of Tootsie throughout the rest of okay. the run of go. the drama. Tootsie. Boy, did he show us. He auditioned for the female lead on a soap opera and became the hottest new actress in America. And you know what? No one knows his new identity, not even the girl he's madly in love with. Soon everyone will know that she's Dustin Hoffman and he's Tootsie. Tootsie, it's Christmas Day, RT1, and yeah. uh, Singing in the Rain is RT2 on Christmas Day. Yeah, so you've, you're, again, you're spoiled for choice. One another, uh, probably the greatest musical of all time, in fairness. Uh, and I told you already how much I love musicals, but Singing in the Rain, uh, st- directed by Gene Kelly and Stanley Doonan, the two of them directed together, starring Gene Kelly, in a classic story about a movie star uh, from the silent era who's making the transition into the talkies and his co-star uh, isn't going to go along with him because her voice is absolutely terrible. So it's... Uh, and of 
course, he falls in love with this young this young woman played by played by Debbie Reynolds, and Donald O'Connor is in it. But it's got the the classic scene where he sings "Singing in the Rain," and also Donald O'Connor running around in what what is one of the greatest dance sequences ever recorded on film. It's Donald O'Connor doing "Make Him Laugh," where he runs and does cartwheels up and down a wall, and and did all that for real, like no special effects. These guys were actually doing that, you know. <laughs> it um, wasn't Crouching Tiger, was it? <laughs> no, no, no. It was him running or up a Matrix. wall and yeah. flipping over. I mean, when you look at it, you go, "How did they do that? How were they allowed to do that?" Fantastic performance in it, great songs in it. It's a real, real feel-good movie. And anyone who loves this movie has got to watch Singing the Rain. Right. We're all ruined. Talking pictures, public is screaming for more. Make a musical. Musical? Sure. Make a musical. Good morning. Good morning. We've talked the whole night through. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> All right, Brian Redden is here. We're looking at movies. Singing in the Rain is RT2 on Christmas Day. You've got to love, rock you, you have to love Singing in the Rain. Is the next, oh, I do, yeah. You it's do. very good. Absolutely. Yeah, good. yeah, good, good. At least we're winning you over into the musicals. Yeah, right, okay. Rocket Man, here's another musical. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, it is kind of, I suppose. You could call it a musical, I suppose. And it's a very, very clever musical. Oh, it's pretty good. It's really, really good. Yeah. So, of the recent, you know, there was a lot of movies recently about, about rock stars. There was Elton John's Rocket Man, and then there was Bohemian Rhapsody. This one is really inventive. Like, I had a very difficult uh, shoot because Brian Singer originally was directing and he was fired or he left we don't know what happened and uh, Dexter Fletcher the actor then took over and and ended up uh, finishing the film as the director so it had a troubled journey to the big screen so I wasn't expecting much from it no I'm completely wrong sorry that's that's Bohemian Rhapsody I'm talking about (laughs) Bohemian Rhapsody was Dexter Fletcher this one was also Dexter Uh, Fletcher but Brian Singer had nothing to do with it getting confused also Dexter Fletcher Dexter Fletcher directed this and it's it's really it's a really interesting film because it kind of mixes the, the old style Hollywood musical genres with mm. with a real proper drama, yeah. you know, and and very lot, heavy against the parents. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know, and 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 but like when he busts into song, like you know, when he's doing um, Saturday Night's Alright for Fighting, for example, that scene, you don't expect it to happen. You don't expect the music to to, but it becomes a big musical number all of yeah. a sudden. So it's kind of a mix of old style Hollywood and and proper drama. Elton and John's really, story really is good. a phenomenal story, so why not Rocket Man? Yeah. It's a little bit funny This feeling inside What did you say your name was again? My name is... Reggie! Reginald Dwight Reginald? That's my granddad's name So how does a fat boy from nowhere get to be a soul man? Gotta kill the person you were born to be in order to become the person you want to be I'm thinking of changing my name to Elton. But that's my name. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Okay, Rocket Man is OT1 yeah. on Egerton. Stephen's Day. Taron Egerton. And that's, that's him tomorrow singing week. there. That's yeah. him singing yeah, as well, amazing. you know. Yeah, yeah, he does a good yeah. version of Elton John. West Side Story, song. you mentioned the uh, the original yeah. West Side Story in terms of a movie, that is, is BBC Two, two days after Christmas. Tuesday yeah, December week, yeah. 27th I mean, on BBC Monday Two. Week, yeah. So, like, West Side Story's out in the cinemas at the moment, the Steven Spielberg version of it, everybody's raving about it. It's getting fantastic reviews. It is. The original from 1961 won 10 Oscars, making it the, um, mm. the most nominated and the most lauded musical of all time. No other musical has done this. Ten Oscars, including Best Picture, Best Supporting Actress for Rita Marino, Best Supporting Actor for George Shakiris. So this is a great, it's a great classic film based on Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. And it's a story of two, you know, lovers from different sides of the track, essentially, you know. And it has the two different gangs in New York. There's the Puerto Rican gang and then there's the New York gang. So it's the Jets and the Sharks and they're fighting against each other. And it's, 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 um, it's got loads of 
great songs in it. It's got loads of classic set pieces in it. Rita Moreno, interestingly, who won the Best Supporting Actress from this uh, 1961 version, also makes an appearance in the Spielberg version. So, And there's yeah. talk that she might be nominated for a Best Supporting Actress Award right. again. Now, if she won that, that would be pretty amazing that she won a Best Supporting Actress Award for a film. 200 years later. 200 years yeah, later right, in, the same, in the same okay, movie. Okay, we're talking Monday week then. In other words, uh, yeah. tomorrow week. That's BBC Two, BBC West Side two. Story. What yeah. about The Great Train Robbery? BBC Two on December 29. Yeah, The Great Train Robbery as it was called in America. As <laughs> this we... always comes up. And I go, my co-stars in that, by the way, you were Sean in Connery and Donald yeah. Sutherland. Yes. So the first Great Train Robbery, as, we call, as it was called in Europe, was called The Great Train Robbery in America, but called The First Great Train Robbery over here. So oh, there Sure. They wouldn't confuse it with the actual Great Train Robbery. Yes. Um, so, as you say, it stars Sean Connery, Donald Sutherland, and yourself, and it's it's <laughs> a really interesting film. Though I love it because it's a good it's a good oh, yeah. yarn. It's a bit of a yarn. It's a real right, ripping yeah. yarn, and it was all shot here in Ireland. It's directed by Michael Crichton, who obviously went on to write um, Jurassic Park and Jurassic mm. World and all those movies and all the other um, uh, the Ross the Robot one, Westworld. That's Michael Crichton, but he actually directed this. So it's the story. It's set during the Crimean War and the 1800s and there's a, there's a train of gold bullion delivering the gold bullion towards the soldiers on the Crimean front and this um, uh, thief played by Sean Connery and a, an expert safecracker played by Donald Sutherland decide they're going to rob the train. So there's some brilliant stunts in it. Sean Connery runs along the top of that train which I believe ran somewhere along Moat in Westmead somewhere. I think they closed a whole a whole track there and did it there. Mm -hmm. But if you watch the film, there's a great scene where Sean Connery's running along. That is Sean Connery running along the top of the train. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. He's no wires, nothing on him. He's running along the top of a moving train. Wayne Sleep bizarrely makes an appearance in it as well. And the great Leslie Ann Dell, who's absolutely stunning in it. So oh, it's yeah. just a really good caper. You were it's thinking the opening scene where someone was hung, wasn't it? No, it was, uh, that, yeah, but that, that was in, that was, yeah, okay. Well, Leslie was, I tell you, Donald Sullivan was there. I wasn't John Connery, I can't remember. Was it but the yeah, scene though where the hanging in, takes place? Yeah, it was in a jail in whatever it was, in the Wicklow. Main, oh, no, yes. somewhere in Wicklow or something. And we were all clapping and cheering, wearing our St. Bernard pullovers. It was ridiculous, but it was 100 years ago. Can you anyway, see you in it? Uh, I did stop it once, actually. <laughs> no. <laughs> there's a anyway. challenge for anybody over Christmas. Record it. Yes, yeah, so if you can, can see me it, in the crowd scene. If you can see him in the crowd scene, <laughs> We were take outside Trinity College, all collected in the bus, and off we went and got like 20p. Okay, listen. It's a great movie, though. Yeah, here's one here, which is on. Thursday week which is on TG Carr and it is one of the all-time greatest movies with Nail and I. You are cordially invited to spend a carefree weekend in the English countryside. Bask in the warm sunshine. We've gone on holiday by mistake. Enjoy the rustic pleasure of country living. It's going to be so cold in here. Like Greenland in here. You were saying something to me there, what was it? Uh, sorry. That, 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 that was with Neil and I. That was with Neil and I. As you rightly say, I think one of the greatest films ever, you know. Yeah. Uh, didn't you interview Bruce Robinson recently about yeah. that? So it's the anniversary of it, wasn't yeah, it, recently? I, I, interviewed him, I interviewed him at the Darkie Book Festival for right, it, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, go on. He didn't do a huge amount after oh, with Neil and no. I. I mean, no. with Neil and I was really the pinnacle of his career. And he mm. was an actor, he'd been an actor before, so he knew what he was talking about when he wrote this script. And for anybody who hasn't seen it, and there can't be anybody who hasn't seen it, it's, it's a film that stands up to being rewatched over and over again I mean yeah. I've seen it 10, 15 times yeah. and I'm going to be watching it No budget really No, no very little budget but a brilliant performance by Richard E. Grant oh. and it, there's these two Paul so McGann Paul McGann is superb in it so he's, he's basically it's about these two actors in now, London Paul McGann, yeah. yeah these two actors in London in the 60s they have no money they decide to go on holiday well they go on holiday by accident don't they into the English countryside where one of their uncles Uncle Monty played by Richard Griffith <laughs> Monty is, is great uh, Monty is, is, uh, is a man to be avoided <laughs> he is but it has so much lines in it I love 
love when he asks him to, to, to there's, a, there's a scene in there where he has this meat and he asks him to deal to hold the meat and he goes I really don't want to do that Monty he goes you must do it he says I can't be near I can't be near raw meat as a child I wept in butcher shops yeah, right, so, yeah. and then the, 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 the camera will carrot <laughs> we won't go there the camera okay, will carrot I'll tell you what I'll tell you what the best way to stop you is I'll go for a break and then you'll know how much time we have hold okay. on a second Dave Fanning on 2FM okay Stephen is coming along pretty shortly with Neil and I there we mentioned his TG Car on December 30 and Brian Redden is here now to try and sell us his second documentary and I'm sure he can because I'm sure it'll be fascinating when is it and what is it Brian it is the documentary about the life of Peter O'Toole also on TG Car on Christmas Day so on Christmas Day after you've had your fill of turkey and ham and you're sitting there and you're unbuckling the belt and you're letting it all hang out stick on TG Car at half nine (laughs) and watch Peter O'Toole rail to August Rogra which means star and rogue which really sums up Peter O'Toole's life he was a star one of the greatest film stars we ever produced absolutely and also one of the greatest hellraisers of all time so this documentary basically looks at his life from the moment he was born in Leeds not in Connemara as many people think uh, right through his career both on stage and on screen and he delivered some fantastic performances in films like Lawrence of Arabia and my favourite is my favourite year which I thought was absolutely fantastic oh my god can, can anybody else do this when yeah, he didn't yeah. pay at the table yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, the yeah. somersault it's fantastic <laughs> it's a great movie a fantastic movie and my uh, the ruling class of course and one of his last performances was in a film called Venus he's absolutely brilliant in that so O'Toole was nominated mm-hmm. for eight Oscars never won an Oscar mm-hmm. but nominated for eight Oscars so he holds the record for most nominations without any wins he had a house down in, in Connemara in Clifton so in this documentary we interview his, his daughter Kate who's fantastic in it a lot of his friends from around the Clifton area but also some of his co-stars including the great Brian Blessed who appeared oh, yeah. on stage with him and on screen with him and appeared in, him in, a, in, a, in an ill-fated production of Macbeth in 1980 which was slated by the critics 10 seconds but Brian Blessed's fantastic and also Twiggy's <laughs> in it as well so there's Twiggy there too she was in a crap film with him called Club Paradise with uh, Robin Williams so that's all about Peter O'Toole's life so it's a ripping yarn with lots of tales of daring do and hijinks great clips fantastic sound bites and great okay, so shots of Peter O'Toole documentary Christmas Day at TG Carr Half Nine is that right? Half Nine TG and then the other Christmas one was How was Rock, Rock the 70s. 70s Tuesday the 28th at Half My Six RT1 Brian Redden fair play to you good luck take it easy Thank next you. Sunday we're looking back at some of the best things of the year uh, happy Christmas from everybody here on the programme from Africa Connell Edna O'Connell and Graham Smith so good luck folks and take it easy Dave Fanning Weekends on 2FM